Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 370. Our show today is part of our Fitness Friday series, and it's another great one in our Fitness Friday programs. We all know we should exercise. We talk about that a lot here on the Fitness Friday program. But if you realize that being physically active is the single most important thing that most of us can do to improve or maintain our health. Regular movement not only lowers the risk of developing or dying from heart disease, stroke, and diabetes, it also prevents certain cancers, improves mood, builds bones, strengthens muscles, expands lung capacity, reduces the risk of falls and fractures, and helps keep excess weight in check. And those are just some of the more familiar effects, but it's that last one that really grabs everyone's attention. Helps keep excess weight in check or weight loss. But by only focusing on weight loss, we're downplaying everything else. According to our guest today, Dr. Tim Church, get moving first, then focus on nutrition, cardio, weight resistance, and tracking it all. You know, it's when you're younger, it's vanity. As you age, it's health. And, and when I talk about health and I try to motivate people, I don't want to talk about LDL cholesterol or triglycerides or waist circumference. Some people that'll resonate. I want to talk about quality of life. That, of course, is our guest today, Tim Church. Tim Church, MD, PhD, is one of the country's leading physicians in exercise and obesity research. As author of over 200 research articles, Dr. Church has received numerous awards for his research in preventative health, and unlike many popular fitness gurus, fitness books, his book, Move Yourself, advocates engaging in pure activity, not an exercise plan. Dr. Church resides in Dallas, where we're talking to him today. He's a two-time finisher of the Ironman Distance Triathlon and currently is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. So Dr. Church really moves himself, and he just engages in pure activity. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Dr. Tim Church. Dr. Tim Church, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you, Paul. It's a real pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to talk to you to exercise. Our subject today, fitness related to aging are crucial. And it's certainly an accepted notion. It's been validated and many in my audience put it into practice daily. So from a medical perspective, how do you get fit? And then how do you measure it? Yeah. You know, the first reinforce your point, I like to remind people there's, there's no pill for healthy aging. And (laughs) as far as I know, there's only been one really healthy aging study ever done that, that tested something to improve, you know, aging, disability, quality of life. And that, that was exercise. And, you know, you, when you talk about, am I fit? Fitness is, it's, it's a measure of, 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 of that fitness. You know, how many flights of stairs can you walk up and st- uh, walk up and down? How many blocks can you walk for you get winded? And certainly there's medical ways of testing fitness. I can put you on a treadmill. I can hook um, a funny snorkel up to your mouth and I can have you go as far as you can. And I can give you a number around your fitness and put you in the low, moderate or high fitness category. But I think there's a more practical thing to understand about fitness. Can you do the things you want to do? Can you play with your grandchildren? Can you travel with someone else have to carry your luggage? Can you go duck hunting? 
And if you can't do those things because you get fatigued really easily, well, then your fitness is too low and you probably need to do some things to, to improve that fitness. Fortunately, fitness improves a lot with a little bit of exercise and we can certainly go into that in great depth. Good, good. I'd like to. And I'd like to ask you too, if someone is technically overweight, what do you advise to just get started on a successful program and, and then still achieve fitness? Yeah, and that's, that's, a, that's a great question. And, you know, this men struggle with this because it doesn't matter what age you are. You want to go back and do your high school track workout. Um, and that's not a great idea. Um, start slow, build slow. If you're focused on functional fitness and you haven't done anything for a really long time, start with steps. You know, get a step counter. Most phones count steps these days. You're probably getting 5,000, 6,000 steps if you're a sedentary individual. Get to 7,000 a day, get to 8,000 a day, and then try to get, you know, even north of that towards 10,000 a day. To get 10,000 steps a day, you're probably adding in a 20-minute walk or so. So a a great place to start is, is, is with steps. You know, but something that's often overlooked, but is so healthy and so important for healthy aging is muscle and strength. We lose one to two percent of our muscle from age forty or fifty on, and we lose strength with it. And and so much of the things we do throughout the day will require strength, getting out of bed, pushing up the toilet, carrying in groceries. So getting some strength training in is also something to consider really beneficial. Um, the great news on strength training, man, just a little bit of strength training, huge return um, on investment. It's a very steep curve, a little bit of strength training, lots and lots of benefit. The difference between strength training and aerobic training is you're usually not going to start strength training on your own. You usually probably need some help, and that's where you go to the gym and maybe find a personal trainer. YMCAs are great for that. Um, so, you know, start off slow with the walking and then maybe add in some strength training over time. I like that. I also like your energy towards this subject, and I think fitness is so important. I think it's important that we continue to remind each other as we age that fitness is important. But how do you, how do you recommend we find our passion to, to exercise at, at, at any age, but really over age 60, I think. I think that's so important. You know, it, it, for years and years and years, I would tell people, go exercise is good for your HDL. Go exercise is good for your, your C-reactive protein. And maybe it's good for your blood pressure. And I, just, I didn't understand why that didn't resonate with people. <laughs> and now that I've been in this game for a little while, I figured out, you know what? What matters to you? What do you want to do in life that you're not doing? I mean, maybe you used to be a figure skater or a swimmer and you wish you could do that again. Maybe you want to play with your grandchildren, not watch them play. So when it comes to physical activity and it comes to exercise, that's what I love to challenge people with and challenge groups with. You know, let's not talk about exercise. Let's talk about what you are not doing in your life right now that you would like to do, but you're too low fit to do it. And, and either A, if possible, make that your program. If you miss swimming, then we'll start swimming. Uh, or you can build up towards it. Um, I, I, I really, you know, we want to move. The way to have a successful program, a successful exercise regimen, is to move it from the I have to do list to the I can't wait to do it list. And, you know, things that really resonated with you maybe 10 or 15 years ago might not resonate with you at all. And, these days, there are so many options 
you know, it, it's crazy. There's just no way you can't find something out there that you're not going to be interested in. Um, so the first step is figure out who you are. Figure out what you like to do. Do you like to do it in the morning? Do you like to do it at night? Do you like to do it in a group? Do you like to do it alone? You know, do you, do you want to do something competitive, not competitive? Um, you know, is, is it ballroom dancing? Is it rowing? Is it senior wrestling? I don't know. <laughs> Find what works for you. It sounds like, based on my research of you, that as an Ironman triathlon finisher, uh, it sounds like you've done some jujitsu. Lots of things interest you, but we gotta we gotta really narrow this down. Give us a couple other examples of some things that we can do over age sixty that are going to be good for us, that are going to draw us in quickly and get us excited. Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't want to talk about me, but I want to talk about me. <laughs> I, I couldn't even imagine doing an Ironman again. That just seems so boring to me. <laughs> At that time in my life, it was like the cool thing to do. And, and now I'm almost, I don't want to say I'm embarrassed. I'm like, I would never do that again. It just doesn't resonate with me anymore. And, and you know, now I've transitioned to martial arts, which never made any sense to me before. But I went out and tried it. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. I enjoy it. So that's the first thing is keep an open mind. Try new things. Um, you know, as you, as you, as you, again, you get older and maybe there's fall risks at play. Um, anything group based anything group based you know one of the one of the one of the most important predictors of people who start a program and stick with it is when they exercise in a group or they have a partner there's it's, it's very easy to convince yourself not to go when it's just you but if there's somebody waiting for you you're likely to do it again as you know as you talk about the low impact stuff you know, might be biking, might be hiking, cross-country skiing if you live in a region like that. It might be bowling or, again, it might be ballroom dancing. Anything that gets you moving. We really have this complex relationship between diet and exercise. And I want to talk to you for a second about, about calories because, in my opinion, and, and in much of the research that I found, too, calories really are just calories. And maybe we're too focused on high-fat versus low-fat shouldn't we be focused on the calories consumed and then how we're expending energy in order to reduce that fat intake? Yeah. Once we transition, you know, we talk about diet, you gotta, you gotta divide it up into two areas, diet for health or diet for weight loss. You know, health is going to be more about composition, weight loss plus or minus is going to be more about calories in calories out. I, I, I know some people are going to argue with me violently over that, but it pretty much is. And, and, you know, when you talk about exercise, you have to, you have to think about it when it comes to weight very differently. Um, there's three different domains. There's exercise or physical activity to prevent weight gain. There's exercise to create weight loss. And there's exercise to help keep the weight off after you've lost it. And exercise plays a different role on all three of those things. I believe exercise is very important in preventing weight gain. Um, and I think the data supports that. The reality of it is if you want to lose weight, it starts with your mouth. you got to eat less. And then exercise plays an important role, but not nearly as important a role how much you eat. And then it gets weird after you've lost the weight. It's very clear. It's critical that exercise plays a major role in keeping that weight off. Um, you know, so when people are talking about weight loss, I like to remind them, look, at, at some point in your journey, 
you're going to have to start exercising. Um, you know, it, it's not going to be a huge contributor to the weight loss, but if you're going to keep it off, you have to exercise. And, but I like to remind people, exercise has so many health benefits without, without you ever losing an ounce, particularly when it comes to healthy aging. You know, don't, don't feel like a failure because you have a very successful exercise regimen and you're not losing weight. It just, it's not what it's good for. Um, but, you know, no matter, almost in any way, you stand to benefit from being physically active and exercising. I know you have an article coming out here in the very near future. I think it's going to be in the Times coming up perhaps even next week. We'll, we'll link to that. But there was an article a few years back in Time Magazine uh, titled, Why Exercise Won't Make You Thin. So maybe bring us current on this issue because that article in Time hasn't aged so well. But tell us about... Uh, no. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your upcoming article, your upcoming research, and some of your uh, conclusions today. Yeah, thank you. That's a, that's a great question, and, and I love how you say it didn't age well. That was, <laughs> that was a very strange life experience for me, and I'll never forget. <laughs> and I think the problem with the Time Magazine article was they only told one-third the story. They, and they really had an opportunity to tell the whole story, but they chose to tell one-third the story. And, and let me explain that. When, when, when people exercise, or everybody loves to talk to me about their exercise programs. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> I, they, they confess to me their exercise programs. And, and when it comes to exercise and eating, I hear one of three things. I, I hear, when I exercise, that I, just, I, I, can't, I can't eat. And I hear other people say, when I exercise, I eat a little bit more. So I hear another group that says, when I exercise, I'm just famished and I eat and I eat and I eat. And, you know, from my perspective, that's very confusing. Who's, which one's the truth? Well, it ends up, they're all the truth. We just completed this remarkable study. Um, and it was, it was the, the trick to it was, was we didn't, we asked people what they ate. And of course, that's inaccurate. We had people come in and eat at a buffet, we tracked how much they ate. And then also, we had them drink this special water, which is labeled, where we can tell how much you've eaten for the last two weeks. And what we learned was, they, they, they did all the exercise in front of us, it was six months in duration, and, and yes, people ate more in response to the exercise, but what was so interesting was, there was three distinct groups. About 10% of people ate less, so they lost a fair amount of weight a large percent of people, probably 70% of people, ate just a little more. So they lost weight, but not that much. And sure enough, there was about kind of 15% of people who just went off the rails. They ate a lot more, and they gained a lot of weight. Not a lot, but they gained a fair amount of weight during our study. And so the point of this all is know who you are. If weight loss is important to you, and you're exercising, figure out if you're kind of one of those over-responders, figure out if you're kind of a normal responder, or figure out, hey, exercise is something that helps me lose weight if that's your goal. And, you know, it, it, it's just, it, you, you hit on this earlier, and I, I, it's, this stuff's so complicated. There's, there's no one answer. Anytime someone says exercise does blank, just immediately get suspicious. Yeah, for some people it might, but not for everybody. Um, you know, we're all very different, and we all have different responses to medications. We all have different responses to exercise. 
Dr. Jim Church, our guest today. I know you're very busy this time of year, especially. So final question for you. As a physician, let's talk a little bit about healthcare insurance, healthcare reform. Is it playing the right role in emphasizing the importance of, of fitness for us? No, no, it's no, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, it's hilarious to me, not hilarious to me, it's ironic, I guess you would say, the potential impact that exercise and physical activity could have on quality of life, healthcare costs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We just don't emphasize it. You know, I guess we're getting better, but we're kind of getting better on the weight side of things. You're seeing a lot more reimbursement around weight. And I think that's a positive thing. I think if we, I mean, it, it starts with our communities. You know, we, we build unwalkable communities. Um, you know, we engineer PE out of school. So it, it, it's not just healthcare. It, it cuts across all of society. I do feel like kind of we've made a U-turn on some of these things, and we've recognized that maybe we should be incorporating this more. But in general, we, we really don't take advantage of the power that is exercise and physical activity. Dr. Tim Church, our guest today, is one of the country's leading physicians in exercise and obesity research, but he promotes healthy living. Dr. Tim Church, thanks so much for your time today. We're going to look forward to your article coming out. We're going to look forward to hearing from you in the future, too. We'd we'd love to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Paul. I really appreciate the opportunity. My thanks to Dr. Tim Church for joining us today. Check out the links for Dr. Church, his research on exercise and diet in our show notes. Of course, my thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please keep your emails coming to me with show ideas, suggestions, and comments at info at notold-better.com. Remember, let's talk about better, the Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.